There is a story in the National Football League, and I'm not just talking about Taylor Swift finally showing up for Kelsey um, in Arrowhead. I'm not just going to say any of that stuff. There is a story in the National Football League through three weeks, and they are the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. They have shown up in 2023 in breathtaking fashion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dynasty Kings podcast. Season three, week three, your host is back, Andrew Skaggs, joined by the incomparable fill-in for me, Ben Goldstein. How are we doing, Ben? Hello, Andrew. How are we doing? Just fantastic. Good. Thanks for holding holding down the fort for me. Yeah, no, I'm glad you're here. Uh, That was fun, but I'm happy that you're back. Um, I'm just, I'm ready. I'm excited to pod with you, Andrew. Yeah, just a chat, a little ball. You know, from experience, exactly. I think we can both we can both say as being podcasters in different walks of life, it's just hard with a single person. Honestly, you just kind of find yourself. It just, is. You know, there's there's no one to just bounce things off of, so you just end up saying a lot of the same words over and over. I remember when I mm-hmm. would do like my draft grades and stuff like that. I felt like it was always funny to listen to because I would just kind of find myself just talking to myself. You know, no one to it's react kind of to. Or, it's just a little bit. Awkward. You know, it's just it's just always it's just always a little more comfortable when there's at least one more person around that you can talk to a little bit and feel things out. But that's why we got some guests on and they were good. Joe Will. So they brought the brought the heat, brought the fire. So it was a good time. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm excited. I listened to the William episode. I still have to listen to the Joe one. I was a little distraught after week one and just all of the happening. So I had to take a little break from football that weekend. But uh Ben, it is Tuesday, September 26th, 3.05 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 2.05 p.m. Pacific Time, 5.05 way, Arizona p.m. is on. Eastern Time. <laughs> Pacific right now, just for a little bit longer, yes. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love that. Until you tell That's, me otherwise. <laughs> well, it's always tough because then, you know, it always happens during football season. I believe it's November, maybe. And yeah, then all of a sudden game, games are kicking so, off at 11 instead of 10. Exactly. And, Exactly. And then I'll figure out then it will take me a couple of days to kind of readjust. But uh, yeah, it will happen. Now, I actually almost missed a phone call the other day uh, with my school advisor because uh, of time zone issues. She said Mountain Standard Time. I just assumed they were in Mountain Standard Time. So, yeah. <laughs> Classic. Happens to Classic. the best of us. Yes, it does. All right, let's uh, let's get into some of the football. Ben got a lot to cover, like we talked about in the text. I will uh, be completing the interview portion later on, answer some questions, all that good stuff. Just figured it'd be appropriate since I've been off the pod for a couple of weeks, a lot to catch up on. Um, I was traveling this past Sunday, so didn't get to watch very much of the morning window, but saw a decent amount of the afternoon window Sunday night game a bit. Again, kind of where you can with being on flight, train, different sure. travel stuff. Um. So I'll start us off with the Taco Bell takeaway of the week, because I know yours is important here. We'll save that one for a second. <laughs> um, I will go with, how about the Dolphins? Just lay a yeah. little 70 burger on the Broncos without Jalen Waddell. A Broncos defense that in my head was very good last year. Clearly, they haven't started very good yeah. this year. Um, but that was very impressive. And that was one of those games where, like, I saw maybe the first quarter and then was like away from scores for a long time and then came back and said, whoa, they scored yeah. 70. That's fun. Um, I, was, uh, so- I was sitting next to my dad who was taking a nap like on and off during the game. 
Mm-hmm. And like every time he woke up, they had scored like at least once more. And he was like, "What is this? Is this real? <laughs> like, are you playing like a video game right now?" And I'm like, "No, this is real life, dude." Yeah, that is, uh, and you know, no, no better team that I'd want it to happen to than the Denver Broncos. You know, they they are who we thought they were, and that's just great to see. Um, in traditional fashion, for me, I always like to talk about the big names first. We got plenty of podcasts to go the rest of the season. We'll get into a lot of teams uh, that I could have mentioned. Uh, but this weekend, Ben, the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals all won in the AFC. Mm-hmm. The Eagles and Niners kept it rolling in the NFC. And the Cowboys are simply going to Cowboy from time to time. And that's what they did, losing to the Cardinals this weekend. Uh, but, you know, it was just kind of nice. Not that, like, you know, all hell was breaking loose in, in Buffalo or Kansas City by any means. But certainly Cincinnati was like, all right, they better win, you know, last night, that Monday night game. Otherwise, things would be very worrisome, especially with the injury situation with Burrow. But they did their thing. Bills and Chiefs kind of starting to roll um, these last couple of weeks, looking like their normal form. Um, so just all is all is good in the world, Ben. Um, you know, it's been a weird first couple of weeks in the NFL. I guess it's always that way. But not even just like who beat who, but just players who are playing well. Mm. It's just been odd. But but I think we're kind of settling into more of the norm. Yeah, I think uh, – I mean, that 70 points is a little out of the norm, but – Mm-hmm. Uh, the Broncos, yeah, they're interesting. Very interesting. But the Dolphins I, are a good team, clearly. Yes, they are. I don't mean to dive too much into this Broncos <laughs> catastrophe here, but I did hear a crazy conspiracy theory from Broncos Twitter about Sean Payton hiring Vance Joseph just to make sure that they get the number one pick because Vance Joseph sucks as a defensive coordinator. <laughs> and, like, and, and Sean Payton knows that, and so he's like, putting him as like the pawn, even though like this offense is going to get better. So Sean Payton can take credit for the offense being better throughout the season. But meanwhile, the defense right. is going to suck and that's all going to go advance Joseph. Then they're going to get the number one pick. So I don't know. It was very interesting to hear from. So we'll see. Well, what's, um, what's odd to me though is, I mean, for starters, like getting the number one picks, obviously very hard. <laughs> like there's only so much you can do to control that. But what's odd to me is it's not like they had a bunch of huge names on the defense last year. They kind of did it with some up-and-coming guys. Like, I know that uh, Browning guy, the D-end, kind of had a breakout year last year. He's been hurt a little bit. Sertan's obviously a big name. But it's not like, like, at every level of the defense, you've got a ton of guys that, like, stand out. So that's what's kind of weird is, like, they almost reverted back to, like, their just more average form, if you will. That's true, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's – yeah, they're they're an interesting team. They've been an interesting team since Peyton left. Um, I think Trevor Simeon is the – winning as quarterback there since Peyton Manning left. So that's kind <laughs> that's of crazy. just saying it all right there. Um, mine's a little bit different. And I think, you know, listen, this is big news. We all know about Huge. this. It was covered greatly. Um, Taylor Swift has arrived to the NFL. Um, yes. Dating Travis Kelsey, went to Arrowhead, watched the game with Donna Kelsey, Travis's mom, Patrick Mahomes, even like kind of gave her a little shout out at the end of the game. I mean, this is crazy. Um, I think it was crazy, honestly. <laughs> it's just kind of funny, honestly, this whole thing. But uh, it's getting it's a funny ton of about attention. It, yeah, and I think I read that like Travis Kelsey's jersey sales are like four hundred percent up or something like that. So clearly, yep. the Swifties are just buying his jerseys like crazy. Um, yep. And reading some of the Swifty stuff on Twitter is just fucking hilarious. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think this is. I think it's just funny. Um, I don't really care in general. I just thought it was kind of funny. Um, I don't know. We'll no, see what happens. It, 
But I mean, I will say another one interesting thing. This never happens in the NFL. It always happens like the NBA, you know, where like right. maybe the MLB, maybe it's like they're dating like A Rod is dating or Derek Jeter is dating someone, but like, like NFL Berlander is odd. You don't really, yeah, but NFL you don't really hear about that very often. So Not Travis Kelsey shooting a shot. Shooting a shot. Yeah. And and what fascinates me is well, a couple of things. Like for starters, I guess she was I don't know Taylor Swift all that well. Like her music was fine, yeah. but I don't go out of my way to listen to it. I know she's very popular. But there was a couple of things that stood out. For starters, like she did actually seem quite into it. Like I don't know what I was mm-hmm. expecting, but I kind of figured like it'd be someone just like pretty mundane, just kind of like clapping in the box or whatever. But like they were actually getting pretty fired up. And so I'm like, okay, like maybe it is. Cause I, I don't know, in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, like a lot of these celebrity couples don't really last very long. And they're obviously very early on in their relationship. And, and so part of me was like, okay, like they're not doing it for fame by any means, because both of them are already very famous. But I'm like, okay, like they're probably going to hang out for a couple months and then this is all going to be like in the past. Um, and not that like her reactions made it seem like, oh, well, they're going to get married. But like she did actually seem like pretty into it. And it kind of does seem like they're kind of vibing on each other. I love it. Obviously, I love tra- Travis Kelsey. I would be very interested to know like how this story would kind of transform. And people said this on Twitter too, if this was some like random NFL player and not like arguably the greatest tight end of all time on, you know, the most prominent team in the league currently, it would be very interesting. She was just randomly dating like a, you know, like a solid linebacker on a team that like some fans know, but others don't. There, there <laughs> you know? was a funny tweet. There was a funny tweet from like a bears, uh beat writer, radio guy or whatever. And he was like, Taylor Swift was actually undercover the entire game, just pretending to be with Travis. Kelsey, I did see that. She yeah, was, she was with Jack Sanborn, who <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who said that he likes to move like you know, move like move in silence like lasagna, like a real G, you know. So great. <laughs> that's great. I love that. Uh, but right, yeah, no. Well, uh, listen, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. Good times. Nothing yeah. negative out of it. Welcome Taylor yeah. Swift to the NFL. Also, I think I she's always just... been an Eagles fan. Yeah, I believe it. So yeah, she's always been brothers on the fan, Eagles. So, yeah, and Jason Kelsey is kind of pissed that this is happening now. So, I feel <laughs> Jason Kelsey. That's funny. It was crazy that he took so long to even score a touchdown. Travis is like the ultimate like anytime TD like lock bet. That's true. And I'm like, holy shit, they've scored like 35 points. He slows and scored, and then finally they got him one. All right, Ben, let's move on. Scores recap from an exciting week in the Dynasty Kings League. I will start with the first one: Skaggs Island 80, all my homies ball 80. We were watching the entire game together, Rob and I, just having a good time because, like, we're both 0-2. Our teams are just, like, being weird. And, of course, it ends up as a tie. Bench scoring is the tiebreaker. That's the one benefit I have of having four quarterbacks on my roster is that I get three QBs on the bench for bench points. Rob had barely any. Uh, First win of the season for me, Rob drops to 0-3. Not a ton to report from that particular matchup. Uh, Bellify Island, 94.5 over the Savage Salmon, 88.5. That one had some real life last night as well. Puka Nakua gets down at the one-yard line. That might have ultimately made the difference. Um, but in general, good game. Higby was on his end. DeAndre Swift looking very good lately, so you got to be stoked about that. First loss of the season for the Savage Salmon. First win of the season for Bellify Island. Any quick thoughts there, Ben? Oh, the blame goes completely on Trevor Lawrence. He's absolute garbage. <laughs> I'm tired of his act, and uh, he might be benched next week, but we'll see. I, th- I thought you were going to start Wilson over him this week, no? Yeah, to be honest with you, it wouldn't have really mattered in the long run. I think Wilson only had one more point than Trevor, but it's been a weird Russ start. Still, <clears throat> yeah, Russ is still seeming to play better than Trevor. I mean, that was to lose thirty-seven to fourteen against the Texans, and your offense just never looks like it got it going at all. It just seemed very odd to me. So, 
Yep. Maybe they were still shell shocked from the Chiefs game. I don't know, but it just was it just seemed off to me. Well, they do go home for back to back weeks in London, so maybe that's what's gonna ultimately ride the ship. They gotta get back to their kind of overseas ties. But uh moving forward on the scoreboard, Maz Meatloaf moves to three and oh, 128 points over the San Anselmo Sinners. First time I've seen this name visually hilarious, Daniel. 117.5. I've, I've almost called that spinners a couple times, the San Anselmo Spinners. Yeah, I mean, I love I love San Anselmo, our hometown, getting the shout out in the league. Sinners is an interesting name to be uh, to be added to the end of it, but you know, Dan's kind of known for some weird names, so we'll take it. Uh, so, somewhat surprising one and two start for Dan. Obviously, made some big trades. Has a pretty loaded uh, roster as far as star power. Uh, Maz Milo, nothing changes. You know, he just keeps winning yeah. games in this league. Um, all of his players seem to really like scoring points. That's probably very fun. I can't relate. I think Dan has played Snides and Scott both already, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Or if he just, he, so I think maybe those are two losses. I'm not uh, sure. But... He, he lost to Travis because I know Travis, Travis and Dan are rivals, <laughs> and week two was rivalry yep. week. And um, so I know that's one of them. I don't know who he played week one. Okay. Maybe, I think gotcha. Rob, maybe. Uh, the Darren Nallwallers, 79 and a half. Bilbo Swaggins, 79.5 away. They tried, the Eagles tried to give Kenneth Gainwall the ball as much as possible in that fourth quarter to will Bilbo Swaggins to victory. Does not happen. Not really sure who's happy in this matchup. Will drops to 0-3. Zach surprisingly gets to 2-1. and Has not oh, scored Zach, a ton of Zach points. Is, Zach's ecstatic. He's... He's disgusting. I hate. I just. It's, I hate this. This makes me so upset. Well, you know, I mean, it's not like he's putting up a ton of points. Mike Williams, unfortunately, tears his ACL during that game that he has yeah. twenty-one and a half. Without that performance, I mean, a lot of the other guys had had much lower scores. So it is what it is. Through three weeks here, Golden Bandits, a tough forty-four and a half. Scott's Tots, one hundred and sixty-four and a half. Huge week for the Tots. Led by 41 and a half from Mostert, 38 from Keenan Allen. Tots moved to 3 0. Golden Bandits moved to 0 3. Not a ton to say about that matchup. And then lastly, another barn burner between two 2 0 teams, I believe, coming into last night. Lamarvis well, Lamas, 117 and a half. Pizzapalooza, 116. The Lamas carried by 35 and a half points from Devontae Adams. That was a big one. Uh, the ultimate Monday night kind of showdown was Joe Mixon versus Kyron Williams. Mixon nearly caught him, but ultimately the Llamas, after their tank year, have moved to 3-0. and 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 that is despite, I will say, that is despite Jonathan Taylor not playing yet, Cooper Cuff not playing yet, Brandon Ayuk missed this last week, so he definitely has had some injury adversity. Uh, but the Llamas are kind of rolling right now. Yep. Yep, good for the Llamas. Happy for Mikey. All right, the E's eye-opening performance of the week. I'll go ahead and get us started, Ben. Mentioned a couple of these guys already, but Keenan Allen on Scott's Tots, 18 catches for 215 yards, as I mentioned, 38 fantasy points. Uh, That's a stat line of 39 catches, 402 yards, and two touchdowns through three weeks, Ben. Uh, I mean, Keenan Allen's been, you know, a staple of consistency and productivity Injury-wise, he hasn't always been able to stay healthy. That's really the main concern. Um, but clearly, he's got plenty of juice in the tank. Herbert's going to throw the ball a lot. Um, so, Keenan Allen, just as good as he's ever been. Yeah. he's. I've always liked Keenan Allen. I just didn't expect him to be putting up this kind of stats this late in his career. But good for him. Happy for it's him. It's impressive. Yeah. I like yeah. him a lot. 
if only one of my like five or six old receivers decided to still be good, that would be sure. just amazing, you know. Uh, speaking of slightly older receivers, honorable mention, Devontae Adams on Team Bosco, 13 catches, 172 yards, two touchdowns, despite playing with Jimmy G on the Raiders, 35 and a half points in a game that Bosco won by a point and a half. So every one of those mattered, including that later touchdown in the game. Um, another guy that not necessarily, I didn't, wouldn't say anyone would expect him to fall off a cliff anytime soon, uh, but another guy who's, who's clearly has not, uh, despite the change in quarterback there in Las Vegas. Uh, so those are these eye-opening performance of the weeks for me, Ben. Yeah, no, those are good choices. Um, I'm going to start with my honorable, honorable mention. Um, kind of has to do with Keenan Allen, and that would be Justin Herbert. Um, he's gotten off to a very hot start this season. Um, and on Sunday's game, he threw for 405 yards, uh, for three touchdowns, but wait, he also completed 85% of his passes. So that's crazy. Um, on the season so far, Justin Herbert is completing about 74 and a half percent of his passes, um, 74 and a half percent of his passes for 939 yards, six touchdowns and zero picks. So pretty good start for, uh, Justin Herbert here and a very good game for him yesterday. Um, he finished with 32 fantasy points. Um, my easy eye-opening performer of the week, though, is Raheem Mostert, um, who had 13 carries, 82 yards, three touchdowns, and then add on the seven reception for like 60 yards and another touchdown. He ended up with 50, no, 43 points, 43 fantasy points, um, which was pretty crazy, 41 and a half. Uh, so. Hey, what was he, like 31 years old, and he's still looking like a 22-year-old running back out there. Yeah, very impressive. Um, he had an interesting – I heard him talking about that, and, you know, he's like, a lot of people think that I'm 31 and I'm going to kind of go downhill here soon. And he's like, well, you got to remember, like, the first six years of my career, like, I barely touched the ball. So, like, I'm fresh. I'm ready to go. Like, I know I'm a little older, but I don't have that wear and tear on me. So, uh, I kind of like that answer, and I like that – thinking so yeah love it always been a fan of the player big week for him big week for the dolphins in general let's transition to the reese's rookie report the good the medium the ugly uh i'll go ahead and get us started on the good ben and a little bit less from a fantasy perspective but cj stroud on uh, bellify island uh, Joe's not starting him currently as his quarterback or anything. He does have Tua and Goff. Uh, but this weekend, 20 of 30, 280 yards, two touchdowns uh, in that big win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. On the season, he's averaging 302 passing yards a game. I believe he has four passing touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, so, you know, the Texans probably aren't going to win a ton of games this year, but he has certainly looked apart through three weeks. They've had a very injured offensive line in front of them. They haven't really been able to run the ball much with Pierce. He's gotten a couple touchdowns on the ground, but not a lot of yardage. Um, you know, the weaponry, Tank Dell is kind of intriguing. Miko Collins has been solid. Robert Woods has been solid. But, you know, that's a wide receiver room that most people wouldn't bat an eye at, you know, when they look at it on paper. Um, so a nice little start for Stroud. Yeah, and no, I agree. It's looked very good so far, especially with <clears throat> a lot of missing pieces there so far on the offensive line. So, yeah, very impressive. Um, okay, yeah, my good here is Devin. Now, he changed his last name over That's the week. Achan. I think he's going – yeah, so he's going A-chan. by A-chan. 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 It was a big discussion A-chan. on the McAfee show, but A-chan yeah. is confirmed. Devin, Devin A-chan. Chain uh, sounds way better, but it is what it is. 
I get you. So Devin A. Chan uh, had a, I mean, a crazy day. Um, just, just, just to kind of look back at things. September seventeenth, uh, last week against the Patriots, he had one carry and one reception uh, for like a total of like I think like ten yards. Yep. Uh, Sunday against the Broncos, he had eighteen carries for two hundred three yards, two touchdowns, four receptions from like another like thirty yards, another two touchdowns. Um, average eleven point three yards per carry. I mean he. It looked like he couldn't be caught out there. It was very impressive. He was so fast. Um, and I guess I'm just happy to have him on my team. Yep. Happy for you. Medium, I'm going to go with Josh Downs, also on Bellify Island. Uh, it was his first win of the, the season, so I guess that was somewhat of a theme. But uh, eight catches for 57 yards. That's the rookie wide receiver in Indianapolis, playing with Gardner Minshew, Anthony Richardson down with a concussion. Joe won that game by six, and he started Josh Downs, and Josh Downs got him nine points. Um, and so can't say I've been familiar with what Josh Downs have been doing these first couple of weeks, but was an intriguing, you know, rookie on a, on a young offense. So eight catches is, is nothing to scoff at. Yep. No, for sure. Uh, my medium would be Marvin Mims. Um, yeah. The Broncos got absolutely torched on Sunday, but he did have three catches for 73 yards and he had a kickoff return touchdown as well. Um, he ended up putting up, I think like, 14 and a half fantasy points or something like that. Um, Crazy how clearly, they don't use them at all. Yeah, so that's exactly what I was going to go into. He's just like, he's not being used at all. Um, and But when he is used, he's clearly being effective. Um, so I'm thinking that they probably should start using him a little bit more. He seems like the perfect receiver for Russell Wilson, who's like a deep ball thrower. Um, so we'll see. But three catches for 73 yards and a kickoff return touchdown, that's pretty good. So. Marvin yes, yeah. he's had an intriguing start to the season. On As Bosco's for the, uh, team, by the way. On Bosco's team, the Marvelous Llamas, 3-0. I think he even started in week one, so that was something. Uh, the ugly, we both have the same answer, Jackson Smith and Jigba. One catch, yes. 10 yards, one and a half points. <clears throat> Hasn't topped 34 yards in a game, doesn't have any TDs yet. Um, and as a reminder, Rob and I tied this week, so those one and a half points were very meaningful. Anything else would have helped with a lot of players. Uh, you're more tuned into Seattle. What's going on up there? I know. I mean, their offense has a lot of weapons, so. Yeah. I mean, he's wide receiver three currently. Um, our offensive line is down like three starters. We're not really throwing the ball as much. Like it's just kind of the situation right now. It's not really him. I would say, um, yeah. I know there's, and I didn't like, think it was, know, there's, but... there's like talks out there about his, uh, separation in routes and stuff like that, or separation. I don't know. You know, whatever fucking percentages they want to throw out and numbers they want to throw out. But like, yep. clearly, JSN is a good player. He just hasn't really gotten the opportunities here um, as of lately. Now, Tyler Lockett is older. Um, you know, he's still putting up great numbers. He's still a great player, but you assume that one day he's, you know, JSN is probably going to take over that role. Um, and you assume as the season goes on, JSN is just going to get better. Now, <clears throat> I did see a video, um, an NFL Films video this week, a little clip of JSN sitting on the bench during the Hawks game on Sunday, and he was just – he was down. He was just – head down. I mean, you could see in his face he was pissed, and you, you could tell he was frustrated. Uh, Geno Smith went up to him and was like, hey, I'm going to need you here in the second half, which wasn't really the case. Um, but you know, just trying to get his 
just trying to get his energy up a little bit, but I will say like, it's starting to affect him for sure. He's definitely down and out about it. Um, hopefully we can just start kind of, I don't want to force people targets, but like maybe we need to force find a way to get him too. some touches. You know what I'm saying? Like just kind of help him out a little bit. Give him confidence. Well, and think about it too. Like this is a guy that had five catches last year as a college player because he was dealing with hamstring injuries all year. So like, I think there's got to be a part of it where he's like just more frustrated than anything. It was like, yo, two years ago, like I was the man catching a shit ton of balls, like heavily involved, all this stuff. And it's just been quite a while since that's happened. So he just, I feel like needs to get back there. And I think we all knew that he was going to be a little bit of a slow start because he was going to be their third receiver and they have a good running back as well. Um, But yeah, just, I think just a game with some flashes of like a, you know, five for 75 in the tutty or something just to be like, Hey, like just as a reminder, like, I'm very yeah. talented as well. Um, and and, and kind of like you talked about, manufacturing some touches built in just to get them involved, especially early in games. Yeah, and if there's, like, any head coach that I'm really, you know, trust, you know, in handling a player like this who's down and about, it's probably Pete Carroll, honestly. He's um, a positive guy. So, yeah, exactly. So, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Surrounded by the surrounded by the team he's got, the coaches he's got, he'll be fine. Love it. All right, let's move on to the Cole Komet of the week, scoring zero in a starting lineup. Very proud that this name remained. I almost texted you after week one to rename this the Sky Moore of the Week Award, uh, but I'm glad we didn't. Um, Cole Komet still deserves this honor. Uh, only one this week, Ben. Your good friend Josh Reynolds on Anthony's team actually that's, had some pretty strong so, performances. <laughs> so upsetting. So upsetting that this motherfucker scored two touchdowns against me for like 70 yards and like six catches. 23 points. I had to like sweat out that victory against Anthony because it's fucking Josh Reynolds, and here he is scoring fucking zero the next week. Crazy. Uh, with Amon Ross St. Brown, like we're in like a fucking steel boot because he can barely run. I mean, come on, Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. I hate Pretty, fantasy football. It's a crazy, it's a crazy game, Ben. Uh, let's get a little bit more positive here, though, with a tight end that we all love, Rico Gathers of the Week. Uh, random tight end that we give a shout out to. I will say it can be random. It can be not random. It can be any tight end. Uh, we probably should have given it to Travis Kelsey with all the Swift stuff this week, but we didn't. Uh, mine was Luke Musgrave uh, on Joe's team. Once again, highlighting that okay. player on Joe's team wasn't in the starting lineup. Uh, there were a lot of kind of interesting, like the top dogs at tight end this week performed. And then there was a lot of like one, 1.5, zero, like, there was a lot of like shitty scores and starting lineups at the tight end position this week. Uh, but we did have Luke Musgrave in there as a flex. Six catches, 49 yards, eight targets, seven total fantasy points. Anyway, another rookie, guys that were you know just learning about kind of for the first time as far as how they'll look in the actual NFL. Uh, seems like he's kind of off to a pretty decent start with the Packers. So we're going to highlight Luke Musgrave, yeah. pride of Oregon State. Love that. Go Pack Go. <laughs> this uh, Titan is close to my heart. Yeah. Uh, near and dear to everything that I've ever worked on in this league. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> he's not on my team anymore. I had to drop him after seasons of absolutely nothing. Uh, but this week, Brevin Jordan did score a touchdown. Proud of uh, Brevin. Two catches, 13, touch, 13 uh, yards for one touchdown. Uh, after the game, he did have a pretty nice quote about CJ Stroud. Did you see that by chance? I did not. Yeah, he said, uh, I'm paraphrasing here and not exact quote, but from what he what he said was uh, the luckiest thing that could have happened to us, the Texans, was the Colts beating us or uh, the Colts beating or who was it? Yeah, the Colts winning last year for who they beat to uh, get the first. Oh, no, they beat 
can't remember what happened. He said the Colts well, the Bears, someone... the Bears ended up with the first pick. Yeah. I... So pretty much what he was saying was maybe the Texans beating the Colts moved them to two or something. Yeah, I think that was it. I think pretty much what he was saying was like he was just happy to get C.J. Stroud instead of Bryce Young. That's pretty much what he was saying. In this interview. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it is. Well, you got to back your guy. Makes sense. Shout out to you as well. Great program for tight ends. Uh, ben, let's go ahead and look forward to week four. Kind of feels weird. It's only week four, although time's kind of flying, but time's kind of not. But just three weeks in the books. No fab recap because it's a Tuesday. Um, honestly, that'll probably be the case next week as well because I feel like Tuesday might work better. But uh, I scoured the, the free agents real quick. Didn't see a whole lot. It's a little different than last week where we did have some significant guys getting hurt um, or there was at least something at play there. As for the week four matchup, Ben, we'll try to fly through these. Bilbo Swaggins 0-3 versus Skaggs Island 1-2. Skaggs Island currently projected to win by 17 points. A uh, big battle between the Darren Narwallers at 2-1 and one and the Golden Bandits at 0-3. That projection very close within three points. Both teams in the mid-70s there. All Mahomes ball. 0-3, trying to get off the schneid versus Pizzapalooza, 2-1. Pizzapalooza currently projected to win 112-87. to uh, Definitely could be a spoiler alert of a game, though. Rob's itching for a win here, and he does have Patrick Mahomes playing against the Jets on Sunday night. Should be interesting. Avil Marvelous Lamas and Maz Meatloaf, two 3-0 teams. Game of the week, you could probably say. 125, the projection for the Llamas. 130, the projection for Maz Meatloaf. Those probably are two of the highest in the league and confirm that they are the two highest in the league. Some really good stuff mm-hmm. there. San Anselmo Sinners, 1-2. and two. The Savage Salmon, 2-1. and one. Pretty big matchup here of two teams in the middle of the standings. 111 is the projection for the Sinners. 103 for the Salmon. A lot of S's going on in that matchup altogether. And lastly, we have Scott's Tots at 3-0 versus Bellify Island at 1-2. Scott's Tots currently projected to win by quite a healthy margin, looking something like 40-plus there. But you never know. It's fantasy football. Let's, uh, it let's turn it over to you, Ben. All righty. <clears throat> let's get to the Dynasty Prospect Preview presented by Duracraft Boats, one of our let's favorite sponsors of the show. Uh, we're going to talk about a tight end today. Uh, last week we talked about a wide receiver with Jermaine Burton from Alabama. And this week we're going to stick in the SEC and we're going to talk about McClellan, McClellan Castles, tight end out of te- Tennessee. What a um, name. I know. 6'5", 250, should run a 4'6", four, 4'7". Four, um, big time FCS transfer from USC Davis. Shout out Aggies, right? That's Aggies. Let's go right? Aggies. That's right. right Zach's cool. alma mater. Love it. Love that. Uh, this guy also went to South Tahoe High School, which seems pretty dope. Sick. I can't imagine. I can't imagine growing up in freaking Tahoe. Um, so he committed to Cal. Uh, played one season at Cal. Didn't really play much there. Transferred to UC Davis, where he put up like 300, 350 yards, like a year or something like that. Like was averaging like twenty five catches. Pretty average for like a tight end in college. You know, nothing crazy. But he was he he was shown potential um and this year he was a very or this summer he was a very big time transfer uh recruit um fcs transfer and he uh ended up transferring and getting recruited to tennessee um he's been a very solid blocker so far he's caught a couple touchdowns he's had a couple big catches here and there for tennessee um 
he's probably in the top like 150, 200 players, I would say right now. Might could rise for sure. Um, he's a redshirt senior, so he's definitely draft eligible. Um, I'm just kind of trying to start from the bottom here. We'll work our way up as the you know the weeks go on, but uh, Castles is definitely someone to keep an eye on in the future. McClellan, hell of a name. Go Vols. Um, sweet. Thank you for that, Ben. For a sec, honestly, before we did that, I was almost going to be like, when we were talking earlier, I'm like, can you pick a player that I might know so I can contribute? But, <laughs> I was but, then, but then I didn't say, say that. I was, but I was going to play a game and be like, do you think this is even a real player with that name? But I was just going to see. There, there's a lot of good ones out there. Uh, all right, Ben, let's transition to primetime pick them. My first week here, so my record is zero and zero. Uh, ben, you're four and three and one on the year. You correctly got the Steelers and the Eagles covering, so the state of Pennsylvania. You did not get the correct picks on the New York Giants and the Los Angeles Rams. As for the guest picker, six one and one on the season. Will got San Francisco, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati right. The lone loser was the Tampa Bay Bucks. This week. We've got three primetime games, four if you include the London game, but that's not exactly primetime. It's just a standalone game in the morning. Uh, but let's go ahead and start off with this Thursday night football matchup. One of the better ones of the week, probably one of the better ones of the year so far. Detroit at Green Bay, both teams two and one, divisional matchup. Green Bay currently getting one and a half points at home, making Detroit the favorite. Ben, who do you like here? Yeah, so I'm going to take the Lions minus one and a half here. Uh, <clears throat> Green Bay's coming off a pretty tough physical win, um, come from behind win against the Saints last week at home. Um, that was kind of an improbable win. Um, so I do, and the, the Lions come off a pretty big win, um, pretty sound win against the Falcons, held Bijan to like 30 yards or something like that. So that was pretty impressive. Uh, so yeah, I am going to go Detroit here. I think Detroit is a lot better. I know it's at I know it's at Green Bay, so that kind of gives me a little bit of doubt here. But I just think Detroit goes in there. They're they're ready to go. They're fired up. They're playing well. Green Bay is coming off a physical physical game, and I don't think Green Bay is playing as well as they've their record is. So I'm going to go Detroit minus one and a half. Gotcha. I'm going to do the same. Um, and we were both known, you know, Packers supporters as far as teams mm-hmm. go try to give Joe some love. Um, My main thing with taking Detroit is simply the number of injuries that Green Bay had last week. This is Tuesday. We don't have a ton of information. The game's in two days. I think Aaron Jones plays. I saw a report that it sounds like Christian Watson will play. Um, You know, certainly Jair, I don't know at all about. Bakhtiari seems to miss a lot of time lately. Jenkins, I'm not sure. Anyway, just a lot of uncertainty there. I think if all of those guys play or like a good majority of them play, I think it's a complete toss-up. I think the home field advantage of, of Green Bay is, is helpful. You know, I think Detroit is the better team overall as far as their roster on paper, but not by a huge margin. Um, but just with the injury uh, uncertainty, especially Aaron Jones, the offense really does run through them and has looked much worse in the two games that he hasn't played uh, back-to-back weeks here. So I'll go ahead and take Detroit. Minus one and a half. Sunday night football hinted at it a little bit earlier, but Kansas City playing at the Jets. Jets plus nine and a half. Obviously, this game would have been much better if Aaron Rodgers didn't tear his Achilles, but instead we've got Zach Wilson once again in the spotlight. Who do you like in this game, Ben? Yeah, um, the Jets are bad without Aaron Rodgers. 
<clears throat> I don't think they were that good even with Aaron Rodgers. I think they were fine, whatever. Uh, but without Aaron Rodgers, they are <clears throat> a mess, a disaster. The Patriots are not that good. They barely, I mean, the Patriots barely scraped by them last week, the Jets, and the Jets looked awful against the Patriots. Um, Kansas City's on a roll. Tra- uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift are dating. It's hot. They're going to be in New York together, I bet, like fucking all the time. So give me KC minus nine and a half. Love it. I will also go with KC minus nine and a half. Just can't take the Jets. Two weeks ago when they were playing at home against the Cowboys, I took them plus eight and a half or nine and a half, thinking, oh, their defense is too good for that big of a spread. And of course, they got boat raced by the Cowboys, whose offense I think like, isn't even that good. Like, even the defense, like, I think the defense is good, especially that defensive line. But man, they are just so distraught over how bad that offense is. I think they're just kind of. Just do you do you have any favorite scenarios as to what they should do if they were to go out and acquire someone other than the signing of Trevor Simeon, like a trade? Um, I mean, we gotta see what happens with Minnesota and Kirk Cousins. Uh, they're own three now. Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson are you know lighting lighting it up. They're breaking all records and all kinds of things. But in the end, the Vikings are zero and three. Um, and Kirk Cousins is an older quarterback. Um, I'm not sure, like, exactly why the Vikings would, like, stick with him if they're, like, 0-6, you know, 0-5. Like, is it really worth it at this point? Might as well trade him for some sort of value. I'm sure the Jets – listen, if the Jets are, like, 2-2, like, you know, they're they're playing okay football, but they're just barely winning games, and, like, that offense really needs a boost – and it's like week five or six. Two weeks from now, I could see I could see a Kirk Cousins trade happening. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly been the rumor. Uh, Cousins becomes a free agent after this year anyway. Sounds like Minnesota might move on as it is. I think the big thing is like we both obviously think that the Jets are going to lose this weekend. That'll bring them to one and three. They play at Denver next weekend. If they can win that game, get to two and three. Through five weeks, I think we'll have a better sense. The Vikings are either going to be 0 and 5 or 2 and 3 or 1 and 4 and kind of have a little bit better sense about themselves. I feel like that's going to be the turning point. If the Jets can get to 2 and 3, I think they should make a move for it. If they're going to be 1 and 4 at that point, I'm not saying punt on the season, but I don't really know what difference it makes, especially in the AFC. Uh, as for Monday night, Ben, your Seattle Seahawks are traveling across the country to New York MetLife Stadium to play the New York Giants. The Giants are favored by one and a half. So another one and a half point spread, this time favoring the home team. Talk to me, Ben. I know I'm a Seahawks fan, but I think you know that I'm not like I'm not like some complete biased homer here. But I am confused by this line. I just don't get it. I don't get why the Giants are favored by one and again one and a half against the Seahawks. Maybe because they're home. I don't know. I don't really get it particularly because in my mind, the Seahawks are like almost in every facet better than the Giants. So I'm just kind of confused by the line. So, yeah, Seattle plus one and a half, Seattle money line, like give it to me all. Give me Seattle minus one and a half, alternate line, like just give it to me all. But, yeah, I don't really get it. I I agree, Ben. I think there's still people out there who think the Giants are like after last year and with Dable and I guess an improved Daniel Jones, but I still don't think he's that good. Um, that like they're still decent and it's just a result of like they play the Niners, they play the Cowboys, like two of the better teams in the league. But then they look terrible for most of the game against the, the Cardinals too, who have been scrappy. But 
yeah, it's kind of weird to me. Seahawks, to me, are a better team. Not always easy to travel across the country, but they do get a little an extra day of rest you know, before doing so. They always get up for big games like this. Um, so I would also take Seattle, Moneyline, Ultraman Line, all that good stuff. So we are on the same page with all three of our bets. I can hear – I know. That is that is a little – that's that's kind of sketch. But I can hear Rob and Joe in the back and I'd be like, it's a rat line. Watch out. You just never know. Watch out. It's a rat line. <laughs> That's true. This is football. Cheese. Watch out for All right. the cheese. <laughs> All right, Ben. Should we get into the guest interview? Yeah, sure. I can start asking you these questions. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Do we know who all? Let's is it mostly it. just from Joe and Nick? Uh, and me, a couple of them. I'll, I'll okay. let you know who's from who, and yeah, we'll let you know. All good. Uh, first of all, this was kind of in jest from Joe, <laughs> um, just because you asked the question in our group chat. Like, hopefully, they're not, you know. So yeah, he goes, why are you so, – actually, let me just provide some background context. As soon as, you know, Skaggs, Joe, Nick, and I are in a group chat, and uh, Skaggs was like, wrong. hopefully all the questions aren't like, why am why am I so mad? And then Joe, like, three minutes later, texted me and be like, so ask him why he's so mad and start the interview with him. So <laughs> why are you so mad? Oh, it's a, that's such a great question, Ben. Um, I'm not actually that mad. Uh, I know. I, I think we all know. Well, but I need to set the record straight, you know. I mean, a lot of people at the at the wedding were like, "Dude, are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yes, I'm fine. Just, <laughs> just venting, venting some some frustrations." It is funny though because there are some times, like over the years, like you know, as an adult, where it's like I'll like come off as angry or like talking shit via text, and it is actually a result of like having a shitty day or like not being that pleased with you know my general day to day life or whatever. But that's really not yeah. the case these days. Um, yeah, honestly, quite quite happy with where I am. Uh, more than anything, I think from a fantasy football perspective, just a long off season. You know, people are jockeying for position. There's some very questionable trades that go down. A lot of complaining. You know, not going to name any names, of course. Uh, but just a lot of just chatter where I'm like, "Yo, can we just get back to playing football?" Because like, I'm just tired of hearing people talk about all this stuff, like all these scenarios and oh, this player and that player and come trade for this guy. And I promise this isn't all at William. Like everyone does it. Everyone jockeys for their guys. Yeah. Like. I totally understand that, but it's just like, man, I was just like so tired of hearing just about all, all this stuff. I'm like, it felt like a very long off season. Um, you know, there's a small level of frustration with dealing with, you know, still monitoring the tanking stuff or having to police trades and, you know, make rules and things like that, that I never really envisioned. I probably should have. I was a bit naive because like, I just come from a fantasy football background where it's like, in every league, every year, every week, I want to compete to win. And I know that sounds very rah-rah as if it's an actual football team. Um, but, you know, you guys always hear it when we're in our group text, like where I'm like actually stoked about all my redraft leagues. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I only care about Dynasty. Like, no, like I want to win every league, every week. It doesn't matter. I don't care if it's a college league uh, with coworkers, any of that. I just love fantasy football because it's fun to try to win every year, especially with redraft being a different format. Um, so I just, I never really had the mindset of like, oh, let me police all this stuff. So like to make sure that people can't tank or that they're not like foolish with their picks trading and, and things like that. Um, and so I just didn't really envision it again, a little bit naive on my part. It is dynasty. So it's very easy to just like flip your roster very quickly and do something like what Bosco did. And all of a sudden, Hey, look, I have a fun young roster. Like that's exciting, but you do have to do it the proper way. Um, I, you know, I kind of wish it was a little bit, I might've hinted at this when I made that video after the Justin Jefferson trade, but I do kind of wish it was a little bit more like baseball, like the MLB where it's like coming into the year, all 12 teams, definitely trying to win. Everyone has pretty solid rosters. Obviously some are better than others. 
people, I kind of like, okay, we're all competing. And then, all right, if, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine weeks into the season, it's starting to fall apart a little bit. Cool. Like offload some of your older players, get some picks or some younger prospects, vice versa with the good teams, getting some, you know, proven players. You know what I mean? Like every MLB trade deadline is kind of that way where it's like, okay, like if you're in the mix, maybe try to make a move to, to get better. Or if you're not in the mix, okay, maybe make a couple moves. Um, and a little bit more of that, a little bit less of like, hey, I'm mortgaging a shit ton of the future or I'm going all in or whatever it may be. Um, so the league's gotten a little lopsided, I feel like, this offseason. Kind of a bummer. I Hopefully it does all straighten out. And obviously we've got plenty of talent coming into the, the you know, NFL. Next year's draft class is great. Who knows the future years? But it's, that always helps. Um, but just a little bit of, you know, kind of a culmination of all those factors, I would say, is kind of the main thing where my frustrations have come out a little bit more than they have in the past. Yeah, no, I get you. Uh, we're just happy you're back. We're happy that you're, you know, talking. We're just happy. We're happy yeah, to have you. No exactly. Yeah, and I appreciate it. Absolutely. No, I get you. Listen, uh, life sometimes can be a lot, and then sometimes fantasy football should affect you more than it should. <laughs> Which is great. Um, I mean, you know, yeah, it's one no, of our for biggest sure. hobbies. Absolutely. Um, and sometimes I'm like, yes, I'm kind of affecting other people around me with my attitude about fantasy football right now. Because <laughs> um, I have to take a step back and be like, okay, I can't be this negative around like my family when I'm losing in fantasy football because now they just feel like shit too. <laughs> so I, I just that. have to kind of break check myself as well. So I get you. I get you. Uh, all right. Let's talk about how's, how's life been? Uh, Mary Carol, weddings, fam. How's it all going? Yeah, it's going well. Um, been at the same job for nearly a year now. I can't say I love it, but um, it's a job and I get to work from home and you know travel to these weddings and things and still get to work and not have to take too much time off. So that's chill. Uh, Mary Carol's great. Um, you know, we're in we're in wedding season now. Uh, not for us two, but attending weddings. Went to Colin Carmody's wedding. Um, obviously one one or two year league member here. Um that was not this past weekend, but the weekend before in South Lake Tahoe. And then another friend from high school um, got married this past weekend in Stinson Beach, which is kind of where you go out to the beach if you were in Marin, um, not necessarily San Francisco. But uh, so it was fun. Back to back beach weddings. Uh, tomorrow night, we after work, we're driving to Omaha, Nebraska. That's a seven hour drive from Denver. Uh, Mary Carol's sister is getting married um, in, in a church in Omaha. And then we've got we've got a weekend off after that, Ben. So that'll be a nice weekend to just settle in and watch football. And then we've got two more back-to-back after that. Uh, Foster Cunningham and Danny Curtin, who a lot of league members know. That one will be in Petaluma, California, so wine country kind of. Uh, and then lastly, the 21st of October, so that very following weekend, uh, going to Chicago for one of Mary Carroll's closest friends. So five weddings in six weekends. Knew it, knew it had been coming for you know close to a year now. Um, but it's been good. It's been good to be back in Denver for at least these couple of days, settle in a little bit. to these people about fall weddings? <laughs> I don't really bring much up, to be honest. It is nice when you're not in the wedding, and even when I, we're in Colin's wedding, Saturday is nice for the watching of college football, kind of as you're just yeah. like hanging around when all the chicks are getting ready for the wedding. Like that's actually kind of nice. We watched all of the Oregon Colorado game this past weekend, watched a fair amount the previous weekend. Um, the Sundays are really tough because there's so much travel. You just don't get to sit in front of red zone, specifically the morning windows I've missed a lot of. Um, and so that's been tough. I mean, this Sunday, 
this Sunday will be interesting because we're going to be driving back from Omaha. We did this when we went to a Luke Combs concert last year from Omaha. And all I did was put on Red Zone, but had the audio playing through the, the car. Okay. And that was an awesome way, obviously, to do a seven-hour car ride. This one will be even more interesting because you also have the Ryder Cup singles going on um, that day. And I'm a massive golf and Ryder Cup fan. So that's going to be a lot to try to process during a drive and try to like keep up with it all. Hopefully we're not too hungover. Um, but I do think the red zone audio might come in clutch. I love that. Uh, my family's good. I didn't answer that, but I saw them a lot this yeah, week. This is, yeah, yeah. We're giving a nice update. Uh, my grandpa died a couple weeks ago. So RIP oh, Rich, no. Richard right, Newmeyer. Yes. That's all right. That was a tough one, but he lived a great life and it's been yeah. a nice way to kind of reflect on some of his memories. He was my last living grandfather. So, um, so shout out to him. And yeah, everyone else is, is doing well. Good. Glad to hear. Sorry about your grandfather, but grandparents tend to die. That's tend they that do. happens. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. You made it to <laughs> you made it to eighty nine. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's a, that's a pretty good life right there. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about fantasy football now, huh? Uh, hey, it's been a not? tough start of the season. Um, but you finally got a W in the standings last night against Rob with that crazy game. <laughs> Uh, talk to us a little bit about the start of your season and uh, the current state of your team a little bit. Yeah, it's been interesting. Um, it kind of started in the off season. I'm sure anyone who texted me about making trades, like I just kind of kept waiting because I'm like, like my team could go in a lot of different directions because all of a sudden Dalvin Cook gets released by the Vikings. Don't know where he's going to sign. Hop was on the, the trade block for a while. Um, you know, not that those were my two best players per se, but two guys that, you know, Dalvin potentially could go to Miami, you know, and that offense is putting up those crazy numbers. And instead he decides, Hey, let's just go join Brees Hall. who's one of the best young running backs in the league. And I was like, okay, like not great, but maybe if they're actually good with Rogers, both guys can eat whatever. Of course, Rogers gets hurt. Now they're a terrible offense. Their offensive line isn't good. He's like basically not usable. And it's like, man, you really could have just like ended up in a better spot. Like, you know, I get he was ring chasing with, with Aaron Rodgers, but that happened. You know, D-Hop could have signed with the Chiefs or Bills, ultimately ends up in Tennessee, kind of a neutral move from Arizona from like a quarterback situation. Um, he's getting targets and catches, but nothing too great. It's like, come on, dude. Like at this point in your career, like don't you want to win? Like and also put up great numbers. It just doesn't make sense that like both these guys kind of went in a little bit of a weird direction. Um you know, on top of that, there's just a lot of, like, moving parts of guys. Like, yes, I know I have an older roster, but, like, I still, like, ultimately decided, like, all right, I would rather have these guys than ship them off for nothing. Um, you know, I don't want to just unload all of my potential depth for, you know, late twos, early threes, things like that. Um, so I ultimately decided to keep guys like, you know, like a Brandon Cooks and Allen Robinson and, and, and things of that nature just to kind of see what happened. Um yeah, just kind of interesting. You know, I, I wrote in here, like, the Ravens and Vikings both drafted receivers in the first round. I had Rashad Bateman and K.J. Osborne. Not saying I was going to be depending on those guys to start every week, but, like, look around the league. How many fucking randos are, like, performing right now? Like, those could have been guys that all of a sudden maybe they don't draft a receiver. Or I mean, Osborne has a couple of touches, touchdowns already, but neither of them are overly involved in their offense. Yeah, exactly. Injury bug, always a factor. Travis missed week one. That was like brutal two days before the season starts. It's like, okay, like my favorite player and best player is like not going to play. Like that's brutal. Jalen Waddle missed last week with a con concussion. So those are two big names that, you know, have each missed a game so far. Uh, I'd say about last night, you know, win or lose, I wasn't going to feel great about my team. I've still scored the least amount of points in the league, which is, which is hilarious. 
Um, but I still feel like I have enough guys to plug and play, um, you know, try to get some decent fortune. Obviously, there's been a lot of injuries this year, so guys get elevated into different roles and things like that, try to sneak into the playoffs as a five or six seed. I mean, my roster certainly doesn't quite compare to the teams that are currently 3-0 three and, three and oh at, at this point. Um, but the reality is I don't have my pick in 2024. So, and I don't really have guys on my roster that I'm willing to move or have a value where I can then recoup one likely. Um, so yeah, just got to kind of keep grinding and it's been a while. It's been kind of nice. I've had like three straight years of like nine wins or more. So it's been a minute since I've been in a situation like this. And like also last week I could have won. I was lost by like a point and a half started the wrong quarterback. So, uh, you know, it all looks bad, but it's like, okay, it feels better than 0-3. We all know it's fantasy football. I still have plenty of talented guys. Like there is going to be that week where, you know, Travis and Higgins and Waddle and Pierce and Madison all go off in the same week. And that's not going to be like a pipe dream. Um, so we just got to keep running. For sure. That was my question, by the way. Uh, this next question is from Snides. Are there any moves or trades that you've come to regret? Uh yeah, honestly, not really. And I even went back to the history sheet, at least the last couple of years, just to see if there was anything I was missing. And, you know, I've moved three straight years worth of first round picks, 2022, 2023, 2024. Two of those picks were for Travis Kelsey. To me, that's been well worth it. Uh, and then last year, I traded my 2023 one for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, that would, I mean, it isn't as great, but still doesn't bother me much because there's two things. For starters, last year, I needed him down the stretch. I was very much still competing. I went into the playoffs with seven, you know, potential starting guys on IR. um, And he was putting up like double digits every week, even with Arizona. So like that trade did help me a lot. And like, if I look back, I'd be like, okay, well, if I didn't have him, I could have had someone like Dalton Kincaid or Quentin Johnston. And like, we're very early on, but it's not like, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so bummed. I don't have those guys. Um, I would say the one benefit of having been able to keep that pick um, is I feel like I could have traded down a ton. Everyone knows I wasn't very high on this draft, but some other people were, especially in kind of those, you know, picks nine to 25 or whatever the range was. I feel like I could have kept trading down a ton um, and recouping a bunch of picks, which I haven't had a ton of lately. Uh, that would have been nice. And then I would have tried to draft CJ Stroud in like the mid twenties. I straight up was like, so like kind of stoned and drunk, but also focused on just like keeping the sheet updated that I did a terrible job during the draft of not like reaching out to more people about trades because, like, you guys kind of warned me, like, hey, Stroud could, like, fall into, like, the 20s. And I'm like, I absolutely need to, like, take it, take advantage of that because it's like my quarterbacks are pretty mediocre. A couple of them are getting older. I'm like, if I could just, like, nail a guy, like, late, like, basically at a third-round level that could be my potential future starter, then I don't have to address the quarterback position, like, in some of these future drafts. That would have been smart, but I ultimately didn't, you know, get myself together to get enough trades in. Joe made a nice pick there. Who knows? Maybe I'll try to acquire him at a later time. Um, so that's the one thing that I would regret is, is that I didn't have that kind of flexibility or move around a little bit better in this year's draft. As for another trade, a couple of years ago, this was in January of 2022. So the guy's been on my team for over a year now, but it was a three-way trade. I gave up DJ Moore and got Antonio Gibson. That was the original framework for the trade between Bosco and I. And then we added a ton of pieces, like, like a ton, um, So I don't love that one because if you like kind of scale it back to DJ Moore for Antonio Gibson, I ended up with Gibson. Like that doesn't look great. Not that Moore's killing it. His quarterback situation still in flux. I mean, people like fields in theory better than what Panthers had before. Um, But Gibson's really just like, he's got like eight carries through three weeks. Like it's just kind of weird because he had like back-to-back years with like a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns. And I wasn't even like a big Gibson guy, but I'm like, okay, like young running back, like productive, like 
can catch the ball in the backfield. And then they draft Brian Robinson. They ultimately, like, I'd almost rather they just, like, put Gibson into a different team where he's in a little bit more of a committee, you know, getting maybe 10 carries and five catches a game, something like that. That one doesn't feel great, but, like, that same trade also had me move on from Leonard Fournette at a pretty good time. It was, it was you know, before last year where he was still somewhat decent, but then kind of fell off, and now he's not on a team. Um, but I did also end up with the ninth pick, which I took Damian Pierce with. So, again, all in all, don't love if we just kind of scale it down to the Antonio Gibson for DJ Moore, but that trade as a whole wasn't terrible. But really, there haven't been a ton of, like, I even looked back. I remember Scott and I had one a while back where I got Brandon Cooks and gave up Jerry Judy. Don't love that one, per se, but still, like, it's not like Judy's any kind of a stud yet either. So. Yeah. There really haven't been a time where I'm like, oh, my God, like I made a huge mistake with this one. That makes sense. Um, okay. We've already discussed this one a little bit, but yeah, anything in quick. store for the future for your team? Any players you like to move on from or anything you're looking for in particular position picks-wise or anything like that? It's a good question. So I've got a lot of picks. I've got two ones, two twos, and a three in 2025. So that's kind of what I've stated as my you know, reload year. Um, only have a third round pick in the 2024 draft. I would love to get into the second round just because of how much we love, you know, the off seasons are so long and how much we love to trade. Um, it would just be nice to have a couple pieces in there where it's, you know, like, a you know, mid teens type of pick plus, a you know, mid twenties type of pick. And then you can kind of package those in a player and try to just try to get involved. I know this draft class is very strong. I would love to add a quarterback in general. That's kind of been one of the tough things lately is, as between Stafford and Dak have been kind of my main two QBs. Now I have Carr and Howell. There just isn't a lot of consistency with guys like even scoring 20 points. Like it's a lot of like 13 through 16 point games. And that just kind of, you know, ultimately can hurt you over the course of a season. Um, As for moves I could potentially make right now, I'm kind of holding form. I guess if things continue to go South, I could try to move off some of these older players and try to just recoup what I can. Um, But I don't, fully see that happening because it's like if my team's still doing really poorly like a lot of these guys aren't going to have a ton of value you know I still feel like DeAndre Hopkins Michael Thomas has actually played pretty well so far this year you know I could probably get something for those two guys as for your Allen Robinsons and Brandon Cooks and and things of that nature probably not going to get a lot we'll just kind of hold and see if they have some spike weeks things like that Um, so not a ton of moves but I think I'll probably need a bigger sample size of the season to kind of really know where we're headed and then yeah, I mean, it, it, the theory always sounds nice. It's like, oh, like trade some of your older pieces for like young like guys with upside. But like the young guys with upside, like you're only going to get like a complete dart throw because no one's going to give up anyone that's like showed any kind of promise. So um, it'll be interesting. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm excited to see what happens with your team. All right. <clears throat> As the DKFL commish, is there anything you like to uh, discuss or talk about plans, ideas, et cetera? Yeah. This is my question, by by the way. Hey, great question, Ben. Um, I will reveal the poll results. I know I took a while for that. That was kind of when the whole Jefferson trade and and different things came about, I feel like. Um, So I'll reveal that here, and I'll send those results into the text as well. Um, I will ultimately do something about trading picks too far into the future. Obviously, this won't take effect until, like, a while from now because of all the picks that have been traded. But we do got to do something where it's like, you know, can't do it more than five years out or adopt some kind of like an NBA system. In the NBA, you can't trade your first round pick multiple years in a row. Um, So, and this is less about like trying to have control over everything. And I said here, and someone said it in the text at one point when this was all happening, it's to save us from ourselves. Like people will just get into such like a, 
like in the moment mindset where they're just like, fuck it. I'll have, you know, no picks for the next 10 years. And just to kind of save us from those types of things, it's like, Hey, no, like we're going to try to get together every year in person. Everyone loves the drafts. Like, like it's going to wear on some people to like, and I know this isn't like a shot at you or Dan specifically. It's just like, you know I mean? People are going to be like, damn, like I wish I had some, you know, draft picks in some of these, these in-person drafts and things like that. Yeah. And just kind of a little bit of a system be like, Hey, let's make sure that that is actually in place. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. I think inevitably the in-person drafts will help everything from people seeing each other to, you know, trade talks to even what I mentioned where we don't have to like do as much with the Google sheet and can be more like, you know, getting a board with stickers and stuff and then input it into the Google sheet and, and things of that nature. Um, so I think that'll, that'll help with everything. As for the poll results, there wasn't a, a ton to discuss here. So it's not like any like huge announcements. Uh, but the last last place punishment was definitely one of them. Kind of funny, a lot of the answers, um, and you know, most of them not nearly as, as I guess harsh as what Bosco had to go through. But it's going to change year to year, so that's life. Ultimately, the answer, Ben, is like kind of being the Aaron boy slash caddy slash general task guy at the Boise draft. Um, like forty one point seven percent of the votes were caddy a golf round for the champion. So I like that one, but also it kind of depends, like are the champion in last place going to live in the same area? Like that's easy enough where it's like, okay, cool. Like you guys can go out to a local course and have someone caddy. Right. Cause I want like everyone who plays golf to be involved in whatever round we play when we go to Boise, but then, you know, things like, you know, cleaning up after meals, taking the trash out, grabbing beers for guys, things like that. That was kind of a common answer as far as when we're actually in Boise. So that'll be that Ben. I like that. I like, you know, it's, it's all encompassing. We don't have to, We'll, we'll kind of write out some bullet points and you just kind of have to like, you know, not do some embarrassing shit per se, but like, yeah, maybe chug a beer if someone asks you to, or, you know, grab beer, like all, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Nothing crazy. Um, take, take five dabs at once. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, as for the scheduling do system, crystal meth, crystal meth, a great drug. Um, the scheduling system, 76, 75% voted for the Bosco system um, where it kind of mirrors the NFL oh. process basing it on team records. This is really the main thing is just for, for this to decide like who plays who, you know, twice a year, those three matchups. So I think that's a good system overall. Obviously our teams change a lot year to year. So there'll be some like lopsidedness just as a result of that. But I think ultimately just having kind of a slightly better system than the, what we did this year with, where it was a kind of a random schedule, but factored in rivalry week. So should be good there. I like that. Um, as for the buy-in, it, nothing really changes. It, the, the vote that got the most was like upping the buyout, the buy-in to like 75 or hundred, but then using some of it as yeah. kind of a slush fund. It's kind of similar to how it is. Like it's 50, 50 a year for the buy-in. And then we throw some extra yeah. money for like the Jersey and the t-shirt and the plaque and things like that. So nothing too official there. Maybe I'll come up with a, a number. We might just continue to do like 50 a person for the winner, you know, that whole, what we've been doing and then just, you know, kind of ultimately just memo people when I get the other stuff, but maybe a little bit of a fun to, to help towards some things in Boise. So we'll see about that. Um, and then lastly, from the poll, Joe had a bunch of great ideas of like in-person draft activities, top six versus bottom six, volleyball, wiffle ball, flag football, hoops, golf, all of the above. I think a lot of people like the idea of doing some like competitions for extra fab, things of that nature. Um, there's a lot of good ideas. I'm not going to announce them all, but we'll basically come up with, with some good stuff that we can make happen in, in person all right cool i like that oh the seahawks brought in Tavon austin for a workout today interesting wow that's big yeah it's that's an interesting name all right this is a question from joe and it's completely not 
fantasy related or football related at all. Love it. And uh, this is one of our favorite adver- advertisements as well. It's Cheez-Its. And uh, he's asking you, what are your top three Cheez-It flavors? Yeah, so, you know, anyone who's listened to the podcast knows that four cheese uh, is my favorite flavor. Technically, it's Italian four cheese. It's got the Italian flag uh, behind it. Gotcha. You don't you don't often see it in, like, your standard Safeway I, anymore. I was going to say, it's pretty rare, I feel like. It is. It's still on the website. I did have to look at – I looked at their website just because I'm like, all right, like, what are some of the other random flavors that maybe they've had over the years? But that one was still listed as one of their main – they also have all these, like – snapped and duos and puffed and like all these different things now um can't say i've dabbled too hard into those second favorite flavor kind of fitting with the theme but white cheddar um those ones are really good as well that's basically what i'll get if i don't get four cheese kind of similar vibes um with that kind of powdery processed cheese on top just tastes so good um Mm -hmm. third i'll go with the duo uh the duos sorry with a z of sharp cheddar and parmesan this is not something I go for often at all. I really don't eat Cheez-Its that often anymore. I do still love them. I just try not to eat snacks because if I get a box, I'm going to finish the box with them I sitting. Um, I've had these ones at Joe's place, though. I know he's a big fan of them. I like those two flavors, kind of a little bit different than the normal cheddar with the sharp. Parmesan's kind of another one with a little bit of that powdered white cheese on top. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say honorable mention is just the original flavor. I do still really like those as well. But I'm more of a traditional guy. I have had, like, the, the puffed white cheddar ones. It's almost like you're eating, like, you know, white cheddar Cheeto puffs. It's just, like, they're incredible, but they also just, like, live inside your teeth. And so it's just, like, a whole experience eating them. But um, have not dabbled much into the uh, puffed or snapped or anything like that. I had some, I want to say snapped like the other week or something like that. It wasn't bad. It was Which are like chips, bad. right? They're just like bent chips. Yeah. I, I, they're they're kind of like cracker chips. They're like the yes. rich like chips. You know what I'm saying? They're like that. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. yeah. They were good. All right. So, we had a couple of real horny, horny questions to come in late. Um, some real horny boys that we have in this league. Uh, this was Joe's question. What's your ideal first date? Doggy or missionary? <laughs> Well, what I couldn't figure out is if those are supposed to be separate questions. Like, am I going to answer like what my no, ideal first date is? And then, no, they're like, what's your ideal first date? Either yeah, between or those two. <laughs> um, I'll say Joe, no. Of course, I, when I read this, I was like, this has to be Joe. Um, I'll say missionary. I like being on the bottom. Um, okay, you got to get them out of control there. I don't know if that. I, I don't think that would qualify as missionary, but I don't have a name for that. It's not because I'm lazy. It's just because I like to do the work from from underneath with a little bit of leverage. Um, I will answer the first question quickly and seriously in saying that ideal first date, definitely some kind of group thing. Certainly a sporting event's never a bad time. Um, you know, Maybe a group at a beer garden, something like that. I just think, like I haven't been on a lot of blind dates by any means over the years. Um, but I just think it's so hard to go one-on-one with your first date, especially if you don't know each other very well. Cause then it's I just agree. like, you're yeah. spending a lot of the time trying to get to know each other while also trying to kind of build chemistry, Forcing things. but, but yeah. it's not easy to get chemistry when you don't know the person. So you're just like, okay, well you just mentioned this word. So let me, let's talk about this now. Cause I can relate. You know, you're just kind of just grasping at anything you can. Whereas like a group event with some drinking involved, you know, hopefully like some people know each other, obviously, 
Um, so you can kind of have different conversations. That just is a little bit of an easier way to kind of see if things are vibing. And then, you know, second, third dates, things of that nature, definitely can be a little bit more of a one-on-one aspect. Yeah. What, uh, is Mary Carol, a, a weed, weed person, weed head? No, no. Okay. I'm Doesn't just curious. I, you know, like, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like I would love to find a girl that would just sit with me on the couch all day and just smoke weed and watch football. But it's yep. very tough, very, very <laughs> tough, uh, very tough. And most of those girls look like me. So, yeah, that's, that's not good. <laughs> All right. Second question here. Uh, and this person wanted to remain anonymous because uh, if I read this question out loud, you're going to wonder that makes sense. Um, <laughs> I, this question. If every DKFL GM put their cock through a glory hole and you couldn't see their faces, how many cocks could you match to the right GM? I would feel really good about this, honestly. Like, okay. I think, I think we'd be 10, 10 plus. Um, okay. Wow. You know, I just, I just think I do have the advantage. Eyes, of, hair, like just kind of. Yeah, like just. Like... I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I feel like I have the advantage because I know everyone in this league and what they look like physically, sure. like better than. Not everyone out here. I mean, like I'm the only one that has spent a, a significant amount of time physically with everyone in the league. Um, I just, I don't know. In my head, I feel like it would be like kind of obvious. I wouldn't know how to describe any of them just like blindly, but you would just see it and you'd be like, okay, like that fits with that body type or that hair color or sure. whatever it may be. Um, I guess it would help like if I knew. Cock, little... My cock probably wouldn't fit on Rob. So let's be honest. <laughs> Right. Um, and so and his cock wouldn't fit on mine, like vice versa. Right. It's just not just not going to happen. Right. I just think it would kind of come come together. I don't have a great sense of who's cut and who's uncut in this league. So that would help if I did have a great sense of that. But I can't confidently say that anyone other than me is uncut. Maybe Travis. But I don't think oh, so. Oh, you are. Oh, I didn't know you were uncut. Yeah. Okay. Proud, proud, uncirked. I've got some other, you know, close friends in life that are, and we talk about it, but I don't don't know about this league so that that would help if i knew uh, better but i think it's a lot of now, gems. no homo you've known a lot of these people forever have you ever seen anyone's dick in this league uh i mean i feel not like on all purpose of, not not on purpose i'm just saying all locker rooms no I, I get no i get that around, you know what i'm saying like I, I feel like i have to say yes to like joe nick and rob just from the college days i mean joe obviously okay. like passing out without his pants on all the time it's like yeah kind of a yeah. given but yeah, uh, not that you like, want to see any dick, but it just—it's well, just I'd love to, but you know, no, no, I I oh, prefer sure. to, but um, yeah, you want to see two dicks at once, not one. That's right, you know, exactly. The more, the merrier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that's that's the only kind of videos I watch. So, um, but yeah, I would feel pretty good about getting at least nine or ten of the twelve. I this question, man. By the way, this was Snides. <laughs> Love that. He goes. He goes. Let me have a silly question for Skags, and he asks this. He one. loves. He loves silliness. <laughs> and he goes. He goes. Don't rat me out on that question. Sorry, Snides, bud. <laughs> All right, Ben. Here's uh, here's my quick question to end the pod, um, yes. just because it has been a couple of weeks. Um, quick thoughts. Let's just do like a two minutes. We'll each go on just college football to this point. Oh, okay. Oh man. Um, <clears throat> well, I, think I can go first if I'm putting you on the spot. No, no, much, it's okay. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go pretty quickly here. I think you know one of the big stories that was dominating college football is Colorado. I think that we were on the same side of that a little bit. Um, I think. Listen, I'm just gonna be straight up here, honest with you. 
I think Deion Sanders is a really, really, really good coach. I think that he does things in his own fashion, and I don't disrespect that at all. But what happened these first three weeks all summer long was he was kind of playing the heel. You know what I'm saying? Like he was kind of playing the bad guy. And like you love that word. It I know. It built up to this, it built up to this week three, you know, huge game against Oregon where it was like Okay, I kind of want the bad guys to lose now. I'm not, and I'm not saying like he's a bad guy. I'm just saying like, in the general like entertainment sense of it, like they were kind of the bad guys at that point. They were kind of like, just acting like, okay, you guys kind of have to be humbled a little bit. I know you're here, you're proud, and I'm happy that you're here, and like you're exciting, but like, you're not really that good. So, and to see Oregon, I think not only crush them, but like, and you're not an Oregon guy too. And I know I've hated Oregon all my life, but they took it personally. They went out there and like Dan Lanning said in that video, they spoke with their pads. Um, and I'm always a big fan of that speaking with your pads, not your fucking you know, mouth. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a huge story. Colorado in general, not the, not just them losing, but just Colorado in general and the whole story arc. And the season is not close to being done. So they still have to play USC it's going to be a very interesting season for Colorado. I'm very excited to see where they go. I'm happy that they lost. But I'm excited to see where they go. As for other little things, Alabama, you know, being out and about, you know, kind of is odd. Um, you're not used to that. We'll see what happens here in the last, you know, seven weeks of the season, if they can kind of come back from that kind of moral, moral loss against uh, Texas. Meanwhile, the Pac-12. I mean, stand-up Pac-12. Um, this is kind of my last point right here. I think me and you have been Pac-12 guys since, you know, born and raised. Um, things have gone south quickly with the Pac-12. It's not really the Pac-12 anymore. Um, but it's cool to see Pac-12 teams playing really well, especially teams like Wazoo and Oregon State who are really getting left out of it. Um, so I'm happy to see those two teams uh, really play well. I'm also really happy to see everyone else in the Pac-12 play well as well. So it's cool. Cool to see the last season. Um, and hopefully maybe one or two teams make it. I saw like Wazoo was like a 75 to one uh, odds to win the championship. I thought that was pretty cool that they were getting such high odds, you know? So, yeah. Go Pack. Go West Coast football. Yeah, I'll um, I'll kind of focus on – I mean, it's interesting. We start at the top. I got the polls up. Georgia and Michigan haven't played anyone yet, but we know that they're good. Yeah. Uh, Texas goes into Bama and wins. That's a massive win for that program. That's you know been wanting to be back for a long time. I'm not saying they're all the way back, but they seem pretty legit at this point. Ohio State beating Notre Dame, solid win. I don't still believe in Ohio State. Um, and then Florida State, a couple really solid wins, but also have looked a little bit shaky lately. Um, but yeah, the Pac-12, the quarterbacks, I think it's awesome this year. I mean, it starts with Caleb Williams at yep. the top, but I mean, Penix at Washington – uh, Bo Nix at Oregon, Drake May at North Carolina, Shadur at Colorado, um, the Duke quarterback that we talked about a little bit earlier today. Like the list just continues to go on. Cam Ward at Washington State. Um, it's just a fascinating year for really high level quarterback play. I think this is very cool that it's happening on kind of the last year of this particular format of college football as far as the conferences, four teams making the playoff, things like that. Um, so, yeah, just been very pleased. Again, have been, been able to watch a fair amount, not too much. Um, but there is, I mean, the top 10 teams are all still undefeated. There's plenty more. And I know that's, you know, common five weeks into the season. But um, I think there's going to be some really fun matchups between some of these teams. And I, I truly believe that 
this could be a year, not that this is some bold take, but like where none of the teams are undefeated going into the playoff and everyone slips up at least once. That, that wouldn't surprise me, especially with all these Pac-12 yeah. teams that need to play each other. <clears throat> Michigan, I know, is good, but I just have a feeling they're going to lose at least once sometime. Yeah. Um, Georgia and Texas, you know, Texas is bound to you know, lose one of these games when they're not expected to. Fresno, Fresno State may be the only undefeated team by the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be a fascinating year with a lot of parity, but I think that'll make the playoff very fun. Yeah. Kind of what's uh, was it 2008 when LSU and Ohio State had two losses, or LSU had two losses and made the BCS? Something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, so kind of like that. I, yeah, so kind of like that. would be kind of cool. So, yeah, no, I'm yeah. right there with you. It's been a fun college football season for sure. Um, I've always been kind of like 50 50 on college and NFL. I know people kind of find that crazy. They're like, you don't like that NFL more, but like, there's something about college football that's always just kind of really got me going. And I think the, you know, the process of, you know, me loving college football and then seeing these guys go to the NFL and then yep. now we have a dynasty league. It's just kind of cool. So, yeah, you always kind of want to follow their, their journeys. The two quarterbacks I didn't yeah. even mention that I forgot about Quinn Ewers at Texas, Jordan Travis, of Florida. There's so many of them. Just loaded. Yeah. There's just a lot of really yeah. good players. Cam Rising, some people think is good. I know he's coming off an ACL. We'll see kind of how he progresses with Utah. Hartman on Notre Dame. Yeah, it's uh, Cam it's Ward for Wazoo, man. Listen, have you yeah. watched a lot of Wazoo this year? I, I know you I have watched zero. I listen, I recommend watching them, man. They're, they're a really fun team, and that quarterback is really fucking good. Um, he's mobile, he's he's just so good in the pocket. He's got a great arm, great accuracy. Um, he's like an FCS transfer from Incarnate Ward. Uh, he's a yeah, lot. So, so that seems a lot of fun. So, yeah, I definitely recommend checking out Wazoo this year. I have an Incarnate Word tank top, so I can totally relate oh, to I that. Love that. That's sick. Um, Arizona will play Washington State. This probably isn't until think, October, November, but UW and Arizona are playing this week. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. The Cats, they've, they've been decent. They lost. They they yeah. only won by one at Stanford, which was a surprising result this past week. They kind of got robbed yeah. in that game against Mississippi State. Granted, they would have still had to score, and like a lot of things would have had to happen. But like, they seem like they got a first down and they got called back. Um, so yeah, they've been solid. I I still feel good about them. They have a murderer's row of teams moving forward, but they're yeah. fun to watch. Yeah, October fourteenth, they play at Washington State. So I do have a wedding that day, but I'll I'll try to watch. <laughs> it's either got to be early, like midday, or it's got to be like Pac twelve after dark. And you'll probably see some random Wazoo game late one night. And- yeah, you'll see Cam Ward, and you'll be like, "Okay, this guy's pretty fucking good." Yeah, yeah. By the time November hits, we'll be fully locked into football and in all facets. Have yeah. no responsibilities other than Thanksgiving. It'll be a good time. Nice. Well, that's all, all right, I got then. for you. Um, yeah. Hey, great to be back. We just passed four twenty in the Mountain Time Zone. Let's oh, all get stoned together tonight. Um, playing a little mini golf with Rob seven in. For his team. Um, and let's have a beautiful night, huh, Ben? Great to be back. Love that. I'm going to watch Harry Potter. You guys have a good one. Hey, peace on earth. Adios, peace.